Dr. Taylor Brana is a resident physician in his final year of a psychiatry residency and the creator of the Happy Doc podcast and developer of educational platforms that utilize voice-first technology. Our interview is really two separate interviews in one. In the first, we cover his podcast where he interviews physicians on how they manage to continue finding fulfillment and enjoyment in their lives and practices in a world of crushing debt, wasteful administrative burdens, and so much, so much clicking. We discuss the recurring themes that he sees from his guests. Now, he started this as a med student and continues it with his residency, so we talk about how he's managed to get the approval from his institutions on this. We then talk about his voice interactive studying software, MedFlashGo which stands for Medical Flashcards on the Go, which is the first of its kind. We talk about how he managed to do this in residency and how he took it from an idea to the final product. Now, Taylor really makes me feel like quite a slouch. He's created over 200-plus podcast episodes featuring TED Talk speakers, top-level executives, physician leaders, influencers, and more. And he's been featured on numerous podcasts and articles discussing concepts about happiness, fulfillment, success, entrepreneurship, and creativity. He's the CEO and co-founder of three voice interactive educational platforms geared towards pre-medical, medical, and dental students with plans to create more. Taylor has a passion for inspiring others to reach towards their potential and dreams. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring, a practical guide for practicing physicians. Dr. Bradley Block interviews experts in and out of medicine to find out everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. The ideas expressed on this podcast are those of the interviewer and interviewee and do not represent those of their respective employers. And now, here's Dr. Bradley Block. Taylor Brana, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brad. So tell us about your podcast. Tell us about the Hoppy Doc. Uh, what was your reason for starting it and, and how did you end up starting it? Yeah, so basically the origin of it kind of goes back even before medical school. And I would just describe myself as a really happy-go-lucky person. I always was a pretty excited guy, very energetic. Um, I actually also competed as an athlete and I did gymnastics for a good portion of my life. And so I was just this athletic, energetic guy. I loved, I loved you know, my life and I really enjoyed myself. And then I decided to go to medical school and it was it squashed it out of you. It was hard. It was yep. hard. And I, it was like, I hit a brick wall. It was like I was sprinting through life and I was enjoying myself. And just so much kind of happened in that year that was very difficult. And through that process, one of the questions that came up with, came up inside of me was I went from being the healthiest and most energetic in my life to essentially feeling exhausted depressed and not happy. And that was, you know, there's many moments in my life where I wasn't happy, but this was a moment where I was like, this is a health profession training uh, facility. And, and this, this training is, is making me feel worse. And I started to question what the heck are we doing in medical education, all these things. So anyways, uh, fast forward a little bit. I'm in my- Hazing. The answer is hazing. You want to know? It's hazing. Oh, there That's, we go. Well, yeah. hazing sucks. Yes. But yeah, so I was in my third year of med school. I just finished step one boards. And as you know, that's a kind of isolating time and you're really just in the books and very difficult. And then I entered my first clinical rotation. And at this point, I heard a lot about exhaustion, depression, burnout. I was reading all these articles. And so I was hoping I'd work with a physician that would kind of get me excited about, you know, going to clinical rotations, be excited about the process. 
And uh, I asked the internal medicine physician I was working with, I asked her, you know, what gets her excited about medicine? And she said, I'm excited for my seven days off because she had a seven on, seven off. So I clearly understood that I worked in a really burnt out. (laughs) Yeah. So I worked, you know, I clearly understood I was in a burnt out culture. I was around people that were exhausted. And so I really just, this idea started to percolate in my mind of, let me reach out to people that are more excited, who are finding fulfillment in their career, who are inspired about what they do. And so this idea of the happy doc is this sort of theoretical, um, you know, image or ideal person that is just happy about what they do in medicine or as a health professional. And so I wanted to kind of capture that with my guests. So that's, that's basically the happy doc. That's, that's such a, a great idea and really a mature way to handle things, right? Which is in contrast to the way I handled it, which is just, you know, it's, it's, this is a miserable part. You know, what we all, what we all do, we all turn to the person next to us and go live in the dream, live in the yeah. dream. Right. Yeah. That's what we say over and over to each other. And, you know, we worked really hard to get to a place where we can be miserable. And then yeah. we work a little harder and get to the next place, which is similarly miserable. Yeah. yeah. And that misery is contagious. And I I get I think what you've found is that so is happiness, right? Happiness yeah. and fulfillment can also be contagious. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You know, finding people that are that are grateful for what they can and trying to make what they can be even better. Yeah. Uh, you know, your, your tribe, you know, as we talked about on your podcast, when you interviewed me, that your tribe, you get this new tribe yeah. and, and you're part of this tribe of physicians that, that have found fulfillment and joy in what they do. And, and I think that's amazing. And, and really, again, incredibly mature. Well, there's so, this, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but no, there's this really popular quote and it's said in, I, I forgot the originator. I think it was Jim Rohn actually, but the, the quote is essentially, you are the five people you associate yourself with. Yeah. You're, um, you're and, like the sum of your five closest friends, your right. average, your five. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah, I think by, by creating this community, you're changing, I mean, not yeah. who your closest friends are, but, but that it shifts the mean. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you were a med student when you started a podcast. Was how did how did your medical school feel about that? Great question. So so to just take a step back before I started the podcast, the reason it took me a little bit of time to kind of figure things out was I really wanted to do something creative for some time. And obviously two issues as one is the time issue, right? How the heck am I actually going to do this? We'll probably get to that later. But number two is is how am I going to be perceived number one, by my medical school, and number two, by future residencies. Because obviously, there's a conservative nature to medicine, and I don't want to sound pompous, because one of the things I was concerned about is the happy doc. I'm a med student, so that's like, so why are you being this arrogant guy saying you're a happy doctor? You've barely gone through medical school. So I didn't want to have this sort of aspect of uh, having that sort of look at what I do. But I'll, I'll be honest, I actually kept it very quiet. I didn't really tell people. I sort of did it and secretly sent emails to specific people and I kept it pretty nice and tight. So I, to be honest, because of that fear aspect, I didn't talk about it. I didn't let my medical school know. I didn't really 
blast it intensely. In, in hindsight, I think it was a good approach. And even then, people who ended up finding out about it actually looked at it as a really creative and cool endeavor. And so ultimately, it was positively received overall. But I think just me taking that conservative approach, I think it was the right thing to do. And that's basically what I did. So were you like those finance bloggers who start off being anonymous, like passive income MD and the white coat investor that like gave themselves these names so that they could do it anonymously? Were you, were you anonymous? No, so I wasn't anonymous. I just, I just, when I put it out to the world, so to speak, as you know, like even if you put something out, you still have to engage with people. You still have to really, uh, you know, you have to, you have to play on, you have to do things on social media. You have to put things out. You have to promote it. You have to promote it. So how could you, if you're not gonna, that's, that's the only place that I promote it right now is, is on social media to my, my friends and colleagues, many of whom have unfriended me because they're tired of seeing the post. (laughs) Yeah. So I just basically, you know, and I kept my friends on um, Facebook also pretty tight. So it was only people within kind of my circle that could see those posts. I didn't, I didn't make it public or anything like that. So, and even, even then it actually, because it was, this was now three and a half years ago, maybe a little bit more, even then when I did it, it still got some traction because at that time there weren't as many podcasts out there that were talking about this, the the aspects that I do. So it actually did still actually pick up fairly decently. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You're making me regret even more not having started a podcast sooner. So what about your current institution? They're aware of it. They're okay Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. Well, the big thing I always talk about when it comes to podcasting is for me, I'm not talking about like some fringe aspect of life that is controversial and uncomfortable. Happiness, fulfillment, good stories. It's who's going to hate that, right? Yeah, like yeah, there, yeah. there's no one. So anytime I talk about it, I've talked to talked to my you know director uh, of my residency. I've talked to different individuals. They're like, oh, that sounds great. That sounds like a great idea. So every... It's it's hard when you're talking about positive content, right? I'm not talking about anything that's uncomfortable, and no. and so it just it, it's been taken very well. Yeah, yeah. You would think you would think something like that wouldn't wouldn't be controversial. No, you know, like wearing a mask to to protect your fellow human being from illness, like something like uh, that. That's uh, you wouldn't think it would be controversial. Oh so, my god! You never you never can tell. You it's, never can tell. So I you know I can tell why at the beginning you were. You were skating around the idea and trying not to look you know, minimize blasting surgeons. Surgeons just have superhuman lungs. The <laughs> carbon dioxide that they breathe it filters for- through my eyeballs, actually. <laughs> so because uh, you know, because I've done it for so many years now, that's that that when what I'm ends up happening. Yeah, you have no metabolic system that protects no. you. It's just <laughs> your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> so so your podcast is about. Happiness is about finding fulfillment and and happiness in medicine. And so you've had all these physicians that you talk to about where they find happiness, where they find fulfillment. What are the themes that you've seen? Because I would imagine it becomes, and I want to talk about two sides of that coin. One is what 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 are your major takeaways? What are the themes that seem to keep popping up over and over? And then the other side of that coin is, I would imagine. The same, the same themes keep popping up over yeah. and over after you've got, I think, what, 254 episodes as of this recording? Yeah, it's so, in the mid-200s. Mid so how does it 
not become, after hearing these same tropes over and over, how does it not become mundane? So let's start with the positive aspect. Yeah. What are those, what are the secrets to happiness that seem to keep coming up over and over? Yeah, so one of the great quotes, and again, there's just so many great quotes when you interview lots of people, but one of the great quotes I heard from one of my guests was, you don't want to go to the grave with your music still inside of you. And I just love that quote because every human being has music inside of them. There's a creative aspect. There's a dream. There is the mountain that we want to climb. There's something we want to chase. There's an endeavor that we might want to do. And unfortunately, in medicine specifically, as you know, it's very tight. You lose your autonomy. You lose your sense of being able to express yourself. And just like in my personal story, I was this happy-go-lucky kid. I was an athlete. I went through this whole process. And then I hit this brick wall and I lose my soul. And then I just really do believe with all my guests, we're all reclaiming that soul, reclaiming that personal human being that you are. So whatever that creativity, you know, we, I talked about you with this with podcasting, but we all have that logical side of our minds, which we practice intensely with medicine, but we have to reclaim the emotional side, the creative side, the side that gets to explore, the side that has a journey. And that is one of the main themes. So everyone has the music inside of them. What the music is for them is unique. And that is what I personally get excited about with the recording. And this kind of answers the other question, but we'll probably go into a little bit more which is everyone is an absolutely unique individual and how their journey operates, how they express the journey of their music and their creativity, that's what gets me super excited about conversations, that hidden gem of their journey. So it's, it, that is a main theme is, is finding the music. It reminds me of a book that I read with my kids, this, this Gerald the Giraffe is... <laughs> There's the there's the the dance the the jungle dance. I mean, it's not the jungle; it's the savanna. But you know, uh, they call it the jungle dance. And and Gerald, everyone laughs at Gerald because he's this awkward giraffe that can't dance. And then he goes off by himself, and this this cricket starts playing the the violin. And you know, everyone and he ends up becoming an incredible dancer. And it's that everyone can dance; they just have to find their song. And I just picture medical school taking <laughs> that cricket in its hand and just squashing it to little cricket pieces. Yep. Uh, but but you're, you're right. The song is, your song is still out there. It's just a matter of of finding it. And it might not be, it might be somehow in medicine. It might be outside of medicine. Uh, and you might be able to find a, a blend of the two, but that's, uh, everyone has their, yeah. their song. Everyone has their muse, I guess. Yeah. So I guess it, what you're saying is it hasn't become mundane that you're hearing these tropes over and over because... You're just, it sounds like you're also just delighted by people. You just I, enjoy hearing their stories. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a critical piece of happiness is you need to find what lights you up. So uh, something I actually uh, recommended, not just, you know, not just random people, but patients and to whomever is interested is literally start to document when you feel a little bit better. When there's a moment in your life, everyone has iPhones. If there's a moment in your life, you're like, oh, this is awesome right now. I'm having such a good time. 
document what the heck it is that you're doing. Are you on a hike right now? Are you listening to some kick-ass music? Are you doing something that is just energizing you? You want to pay attention to those things. There are specific things that are going to light you up and that needs to be paid attention to. The, the process of podcasting is not mundane to me. I enjoy learning from people. That's one of the reasons I chose psychiatry also. I just happen to like talking to people. I think stories are very interesting to me. Talking on a podcast, mixing in entertainment, mixing in good information to people, this definitely hits an area of my life that lights me up. So like right now as we're talking, this is my zone. Like I am happy I'm enjoying it. And I, and I talk about this a lot, a lot. This is why, you know, we, 240 plus whatever episodes I have, it's my zone. The number, I don't care about the number. It could be zero. It could be a thousand. It's fun. So that number is large because of the fact I enjoy it. So it's, 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 it's this process that I, if there's something I could add into this, the enjoyment of a process that you love is going to lead to the consistent happiness. There's a really good quote from one of my guests, David Meltzer, very successful guy. He said, happiness is the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. And it, there's a lot of other aspects to happiness, but there's I There's a do, lot of alliteration in there. I know. I, I love I love the... It's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But But really, I do feel like when I do this, it is a... I am pursuing my potential by podcasting. That's a lot of peas in there. But, I, but really, truly, it, it, I am enjoying the process of it. And, and so that gets me excited. And yeah, I love, I love doing this. Right. You can't be consumed with the outcome. You have to enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that gets back to the internal medicine doctor who was just looking to their... I mean, for them, it was just a job. It was just a paycheck. And I think you have to find... You have to find joy. You have to you have to be able to find joy in the process. And, and, yeah. and I, I've said that this on other interviews is that, you know, any specialty is going to become mundane. Yeah, like you're going to end up saying the same things over and over. And you have to be able to find joy in in the mundane. And yeah. and I had a trauma surgeon on the show, Stephanie Streit, a, a while ago. And what she really enjoys is even when she's doing a trauma evaluation where everything is fine, like. You know, the person got hit by a bus and didn't break a thing. So her evaluation is she's not doing surgery. She's not doing anything. She's telling them, you're fine, go home. Mm -hmm. But she really enjoys walking them through one of the more traumatic experiences of their life. Like she recognizes that there's a mental issue to it, a psychiatric issue to it, and she's going to do her best to. Uh So even when it's, you know, in theory, it's mundane because it's not, they're fine. Yeah, There's no trauma. Like there, but there is, and, and, and she finds it. And I think that's important for all the trainees out there is that, that yeah. whatever you do, you know, you know, in two days, I'm going to do my like 2000th tonsillectomy. Like, wow. I still, I still like it. I still enjoy it. And I, I just, you know, and if I just, you know, I just have to find, have to find joy in the mundane. So as, as being a psychiatrist, has that provided you with any more insight into the happiness or even vice versa? Right, because in in psychiatry you're mainly covering pathology. Yeah. Right, but in your podcast it's more positive psychology and and very right. functional people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So have those two ended up synergizing? That's a great question, and no one has asked me that question. So kudos to you. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, but um, 
I would, I would say it's very interesting, right? Because in my podcasting world, I get to talk to people that I'm perceiving at least as people who are very successful, fulfilled, doing great things in their life. So I kind of have like a sort of, I'm, I'm talking to pinnacle people, right? People that are doing well in their life. I'm doing a lot of alliteration in this podcast for some reason. <laughs> um, but then on the flip side, like you said, I am hitting the pathology, the depression, the anxiety, the, the psychosis, the personality disorders, all of these things, right? So it's, it's what I think is um, helpful for me as a psychiatrist in the process of this is I really get to see faulty, um, not faulty, I should say, dysfunctional thinking, dysfunctional mindset, dysfunctional logic, dysfunctional ways of operating. And it is, it is you know, there's, there's two ways to learn, right? You can look up to people that are successful and doing things right, or you can do the opposite of the things that people are doing that are wrong. And so I think I get a really strong basis of, and this is why I love story and I love to listen to people's stories and their journeys. I can listen to mindset. I can listen to the word choice they're using. I can listen to the process of how they're operating. I can see where that takes people. Where did that take you when you had this mindset? Where did that take you when you were communicating this way to certain people? Where did that take your journey? And I can actually respect and see how this individual's life and their journey has now taken them to a path that is just not useful. And so I can take that story and selfishly, I can apply the opposite or a more functional possibility to my life. So in a weird way, when I'm therapizing or when I'm speaking to patients, I'm also sort of changing my operating system to think of ways to be more functional for myself. And that's actually obviously one of the benefits that we get in podcasting is we're in a weird way, like we talked about earlier, we're sort of reaching out to ideal people and mentors because we're trying to sort of in a weird way, trick ourselves to be a better human, to be a more effective Oh no, we're individual. not tricking ourselves. It's free coaching. This is free coaching. Like we're, we're reaching out to people who, some of whom are professional coaches, yeah. some of whom could be professional coaches. Yeah. And, uh, and we're asking them, we're asking them for advice. So yeah. I, I see it as it's not, I don't think we're tricking ourselves. I think yeah. we're just strategic about yeah. how we're using our time and our platforms and we're getting free coaching from Absolutely. other experts. Yeah. And, and, and just being an op, and you know this from your field as well, I think that the beauty of medicine as a whole is we get to be the observers of the human condition and we get to watch what's, what happens to sick people. And we get to watch what happens when people are actually following up on what they're supposed to be doing. And again, we get to watch the aftermath of that and the general population, unfortunately, and this is what I love about medicine, something I don't think we always realize is we get such a beautiful glimpse at the window of people's lives. And that is just, even if I didn't go into medicine, like even if I stop right now, that experience in in and of itself and respecting that experience is so invaluable. My life will be changed forever. And so it's, it's, it really is um, an absolute honor and I'm, I'm grateful uh, for what that's done for my life. Yeah, I think we sometimes lose sight as, as physicians because we're so put upon by so many of our obligations 
like my wife's like, oh, what are you doing right now? I'm doing more continuing medical education. Yeah. I'm doing another course on, you know, for the three hospitals I'm, I'm, I have privileges at, I'm doing another fire safety course. It's for hospital number two now. Like, yeah. you know, all this stuff that we have to do, we sometimes lose sight of the fact that people trust us with their lives and it, and it, and it is, and it is a privilege. Yeah. Um, but again, it is not without reason that we do lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, look at the opposite. And again, I work with very dysfunctional people. There's people that couldn't imagine a world where they could give at our level. Yeah. And, 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 and we really do like, if you think about people in other professions, there's a lot of people out there very successful, make a lot of money, but they do something that's not giving. They're yeah. doing something that's not doesn't have meaning in the world. And every day we come in and we do positively, hopefully, not all the time, but hopefully we positively can impact individuals. And 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 so in a way, even without the money and all that stuff, we're doing something again that just elevates people's lives. That is it's 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 a and great it's also experience. a very clear path. Right. Yes. That, that we do to elevating. I mean, there are plenty of other professions that make people's like the the custodian at my kid's school, right? That cleans the place. They're making it safer. They're making yep. it more pleasant, but they might not, you know, they might not make that connection because they're yep. a little divorced from what would happen if they weren't there. Whereas we get this That's direct true. and immediate impact of, of bene- benefiting people. Yeah. Um, so have you had to call and... I have to use this word because my podcast is, uh, I try to hit, be able to hit the clean button on the podcast host. Okay. Uh, call baloney on any of your guests where for just being full of it. Or it's do you a, think everyone's really on the up and up about um, what they're discussing? Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. There's sometimes where I have guests where, and I'm not to poo-poo anyone or put anyone down, but there are sometimes when I have guests and they're talking about a topic and I can tell I know more about the topic than they do. And that's that's come up a couple of times where I'm like, you know, just based because, you know, I do psychiatry and I do behavioral work and I do therapy. Yeah. And sometimes people are coming. This talking is your about, specialty. And there yes. might be like, an intensivist where like right. they can titrate their, you know, medications and you would, we wouldn't be able to do that, but this right. is your field. This is your expertise. Yeah, exactly. I haven't necessarily had uh, a situation where I'm like, oh, this is BS, but I would say that there's times when someone talks where I would challenge the thinking around something, but I don't, to be honest, I'm, I, I'm a pretty light guy. I don't like to I'm not necessarily as aggressive with that stuff, but yeah, yeah you're not going to invite someone up, on your show and then call them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but look, if if someone did say something that I thought was inappropriate or not effective, you know, I would say like, hmm, I don't know if I'm with you on that, but maybe we'll let's move on to the next part. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just redirect, so, redirect, yeah. redirect. Okay, okay. So before we move on, because I want to talk about Med Flash Go. Yeah. Right, which is another incredible accomplishment. Any more, just just give us one more key to happiness, one more theme that you've found through your episodes. I, I think something, it's not necessarily through my episodes, but I'll say through personal practice. And I would highly invite every individual to really think about this. And actually, Tony Robbins uh, talks about it in his, his discussions um, about happiness and fulfillment. Uh, he talks about it called state story strategy. And I think a lot of people don't realize that state or how the, the state that you're in has a huge impact on the story you're telling yourself throughout your day and the actions you're going to take. And what do I mean by that? If I wake up, and I've noticed this for myself, if I wake up in the morning and I meditate 
or I take a cold shower, or I exercise in the morning, or I do something that's positive before I deal with everything else in the world, before I go into the clinic, if I elevate my state, my mindset, my, my, my ability to say, you know, I'm grateful for today, these little things, it actually does change the outcome of the experience of the rest of the day. And I truly believe that if we all did a little bit better at thinking about our personal state, thinking about the foods we're intaking, thinking about our sleep, thinking about our uh, water and hydration, thinking about these little incremental but compounding things that we can do on a personal level to elevate our personal state, then the actual experience of life will change. And just to give you a little bit of insight, before I actually interviewed you and actually before we did this today, I meditated for 20 minutes. And I, I took a transcendental meditation course that was very effective for me. And I'll tell you, the quality of this podcast is significantly better because I meditated. And, and that, is, that is something I've learned about myself. So I would highly encourage everyone, again, kind of like we talked about before, notice when you do certain things that elevate your state and notice when you're doing certain things that are bringing your personal state down it has it truly has a compounding effect and will highly impact you in terms of your happiness. You mentioned a cold shower. That sounds horrible. Yep. What you're talking about elevating your state and you're torturing yep. yourself. Yeah, fine. Meditating, like you're yep. sitting, you're being calm and you're 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 processing things. That I get. But culture, that sounds like some Tim Ferriss, like... Yep, I do, I do cold showers. I don't always do them, let me, let me be honest. Um, the big thing about cold showers, we don't have to go a whole tangent on this, but... Um, I tried it, I just couldn't, I couldn't... It I couldn't, sucks. I did it, yeah, it sucks. Oh. It's not, it, look, it's not for everyone, and I, I don't, I wouldn't prescribe someone, every person to do it. Um, I would just say that whatever you do, find the things that are going to elevate your state. But okay. for me personally, and again, I'm, I'm not telling you to do this. I also do Wim Hof breathing. Um, and you can look that up if you haven't seen that. No, before. I know. I know who the Iceman is. I yeah. did a polar plunge and yeah, we were, we were out there yelling, breathe to each other. Yep. Yeah. So, but one thing I will say about cold showers, which um, I, I think is an interesting insight for me personally, is if you do something like a cold shower that sucks for a minute and it's actually cold and you tough it out afterwards, the rest of the day, I'm like, everything is easy. Any, any, any action or anything that's uncomfortable, you know, those like things that you, you should do, but you don't necessarily want to do all of those incremental little pieces throughout the day. It's just easier for me to do it because I'm like, dude, I did a cold shower today. That was the worst. There's nothing physically that would be more uncomfortable than what I already did. So it has this, at least for me, a snowball effect where I'm like, everything's easy. That sucked. And so that's kind of the mental sort of training. I'm also, I will say, you know, Brad, like I'm, I'm kind of a hardcore dude with some of this stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a gymnast. Those this are, isn't, this isn't for everyone. Hardcore, this is not, yeah. this isn't for everyone. Yeah. Gymnasts are beasts. So uh, I've heard Stanley, General Stanley McChrystal say to make your bed every day, because it starts the day off right. You start the day off accomplishing something. You start the day off in order. And if everything else goes poorly, at least you get home to a made bed. I think you're, you're yeah. kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. I would much rather make my bed than take a cold shower. But, it, but I guess everybody has to, everybody should find their cold shower. 
Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not. Let, let me be clear here. I haven't taken a cold shower in maybe like five days, or like, I, it's not a, it's not. It's a, not every day. Okay, yeah, it's not yeah, every yeah. day. It's just when you need a good slap in the face. Seriously, it really. It, okay. That's that's very true. So so let's talk about Med Flash Go. First, tell us what is it? What is Med Flash Go? Yeah, so Med, Med Flash Go is short for Medical Flashcards on the Go. The original idea was basically me and one of my business partners. Um, his son was listening. He was using the Alexa. And his son was doing state capitals. What is the state capital of California? What is the state capital? Whatever. And his son would answer on the Alexa. So he's like, oh, we could do this for boards questions. So that was literally the idea. Board sucks. We, we know that medical school is very hard. And so our goal was let's create a resource that makes that part of medical school, which is arguably one of the harder parts of it. Let's make it easier and make it something fun and make it something that's mobile. So the idea really was let's make an Alexa skill. Let's do short association-based questions. Alexa is going to ask you a question and you're going to have to come up with the answer, either a free response or a quick multiple choice. And the nice thing about Alexa is not only can you use it on the little Alexa device, but once you download the thing, you can use it on your phone. I've been using MedFlash Go with uh, students like while we're hanging out and there's not much to do in the clinic and we just pop up some, some verbal questions. The thing is, is it's so intuitive People don't, realize, people don't realize it's a brand new product that's never been done. So it's so intuitive. People like are starting to do questions. They don't even ask about it because like, oh, this is so obvious. And that's what's really cool about it. We were literally the first to make um, verbal-based questions. Now, what we found, just to you know, talk about a little further, is people with Alexa, the general population is not there yet in terms of the product side of things. I think people are still getting comfortable with using Alexa. Yeah. So we've actually transitioned the uh, the skill itself and the database we created. Now we're making a now we have the MedFlashGo podcast, which are basically the questions that we created, and then we're teaching. We're doing like short episodes where we teach the concept around it. So you're waiting. Your technology is out there, and you're waiting for the world. To catch up. So one of the one of the people that inspired me to start a podcast is his name's Jordan Harbinger. I'm not sure if you've ever heard. I've of heard him, of him. Yeah, yeah. So started off uh, at the this, the Art of Charm, where where they actually taught people how to date, and he kind of grew grew beyond it eventually, where he, he now tries to teach people how to be better human beings mm-hmm. through his guests. Uh, but he was the one of the first podcasters like he's been podcasting i think for 11 years now before it was even on phones when it was just like on your desktop so and he's got like 45 million down yeah he has a huge audience astronomical and 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 one of the reasons atop aside from just being very skilled at what he is and having an amazing network is because he was one of the first Yep. So you guys being the first, I'm sure, is going to be a huge advantage. And eventually the population is is going to catch up. And when they do, you're already there and established. And, and it's such, such, a, such an incredible idea. And I think one of the things that people don't realize about, like, for example, Alexa is a really interesting technology and voice technology. I think in general, as a tip for everyone is people should look into these sort of fringe technologies like uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, voice. This is where technology is heading. And so one of the things to think about, just like podcasts, like podcasts, no one really podcasted before, but if you were just a little bit ahead of the game, you had, like right now, I have specific knowledge that I can't really necessarily explain to you right now because of the act, the active 
participation in the technology uh, and, and going through the process that once the technology gets to a place where it's more accessible, I'm essentially a thought leader in the area because so few people are actually doing this thing. And specifically in the physician space, very few people are doing it. So if you're willing to try out that next level of tech or next level of concept or whatever's out there, yeah, you become like, like TikTok. Like if you were ahead on TikTok, for example, now TikTok's ubiquitous, but if you were ahead as a physician on TikTok, you would blow up early because there were so few people doing it. So it's, yeah. I think it's important to consider uh, like what you're saying, being the first, first on something. But there's also the risk that you might spend a bunch of time and then it sure. blows up and, you know. True. But I, I doubt what you have, like with, with Alexa, that that, I could totally see something like TikTok being a flash in the pan. But I think what you have in, in Alexa. Well, is, it's, is it's sort of like, proliferate. it's sort of like picking stocks, right? You, yeah. you don't want to invest all your time, but if you invest some Diversify. of your time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so tell me about the process, like the nuts and bolts of building this and getting it onto Alexa. So yeah. help us, like if someone else has an idea that yeah. they want to put onto Alexa somehow and have it be interactive like your program, Yeah, where do they start? So basically, as with all ideas, you, you want to be able to first, uh, like we were talking about earlier, scratch your own itch or provide something that's going to legitimately be useful. The one thing to think about with Alexa is it doesn't have to be the robotic voice. It can be this human voice that we're doing right now. Another great idea that I'll just throw out there is imagine podcasting that's interactive. You literally could have an interactive interactive podcast like what we're doing. And then let's say I'm magically throwing in a product idea. And so the podcast could pause for a second and actually have you link over to that product as opposed to continuing on with the podcast, right? So there's a lot of things you can do on Alexa and basically anything that you could imagine in the experience of voice, you might be able to do. So if you're trying to come up with an idea through voice that you think would work in the vocal sphere, you might want to start to explore it, right? Obviously, you want to do your research to see if someone else has done it. And if they've done it, you want to make sure that uh, whatever your idea is, is either A, better, or B, um, a different spin on it. Ideally speaking, because it's still early, you can probably do something that hasn't been done before. I would argue that if they've done it and they are successful at it, it it makes it more likely that you can also be successful. I've heard that argument before. You, that like, if you're first to the space, there's a risk that you're going to, uh, it, it's going to be a space that never develops, that the idea yeah. might not bear fruit. Yeah. Uh, but if someone else has already done it, like you, the someone made a car. And yeah. you know what? Turns out people do want to burn fossil fuels to get faster from place to place. So you know what? Yeah. We can build a similar car, you know, like and yeah. you're right. It has to be different. It can't be the same. It can't be just a crappier, more expensive car. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but I think the fact that someone else has been successful in that space proves that there can be success in that space. What, what I like to do in that, and when it comes to business ideas and like something like Alexa is if you see an idea that's, that's working really well, apply it to a knowledge base that you have, right? So if a question of the day skill, which there's a question of the day skill and it's doing phenomenal, if there's a trivia skill like that, apply it to ENT, apply it to pediatrics, apply it to headaches, apply it to whatever you do. 
And so you have a clear path that does work, but it's with your Within your stamp. niche. Yeah. So that's where I would highly recommend, especially with medical specialties, to look into it. Uh, number two, or I don't even know what number I'm on at this point, but um, I would say the next step is you want to start lean because the big thing is you don't want to, I don't think we should assume, especially with a product like this, you're just going to make money. There are things like in-skill purchasing and that type of stuff, but it does cost money to upkeep a skill and to have a company process and create it for you if you, that's the route you want to go. If you know how to program, you could do it. But again, as physicians, time is money. You probably could better spend your time doing, you know, just, just working with patients and then outsourcing. Yeah. What I would say with that aspect is make it as lean as possible. When I, when I went ahead and went for MedFlash Go, I literally called about 12 companies. And I, I, we were actually going to start with a company that was going to charge a lot higher. Um, I'll just throw out the numbers. We had a company that we were considering it was going to be $5,000 to make the skill and maybe even a little bit more. And they were going to charge us like 500 to like $800 of upkeep per month. So it got pretty pricey yeah. to, to do this skill. But after making a lot of phone calls, happened to get in touch with a company where the guy that I talked to literally grew up in the city I grew up in. We had like a 30 minute conversation about San Mateo where yeah. I lived in California and then we talked about business, which those are my favorite conversations where you just talk to someone and you connect first, and then you get to talk to... And you know, we actually had a great uh, conversation, end up working out because they were still trying to build their business out and they wanted more clients. So we found a very reasonable price um, and it was affordable for all of us. The other thing I would highly recommend in the process, don't do it alone. Get a couple of co-founders split the cost. The excitement is going to be fun to develop a project with your friends. And like for MedFlashGo, we're splitting it three ways. It's me and two other co-founders. We're splitting it three ways. The cost is a lot less and we all legitimately are excited. So it's fun to do. It's not at a cost that's hurting me every month. So we're not really making money on this thing, but it's a cool project and maybe it's not going to work out, but we get to build it together. We were the first to get in there. And it's, it's fun. So I think if, if you go in with a couple of co-founders, it makes the experience lighter. It's not as heavy. It doesn't feel like a heavy bet. And you can do something creative and put it out there to the world. I will say all of this with the caveat is if you're going to do this, I, I still, based on the market and what I'm seeing, we are very early on people adopting it and adapting it and using it in their everyday life. As technology gets a little bit more evolved and developed, I, I honestly believe that as we move ahead in the future, voice is going to be something that's going to be ubiquitous. You're going to be able to enter your house. You're going to be using your voice in a way that's very intuitive, in a more seamless way. And I do think that we should be thinking about how we can be a part of that sort of atmospheric or um, environmental uh, technology. Well, and it wouldn't surprise me if COVID made this all a bit faster, especially with what you're doing, right? Yep. Like kids learning at home, kids learning remotely. Like if there's interactive software, like what you're describing, it's going to be much more engaging to kids than sitting there. And then also their parents can keep better tabs on whether they're doing it because they'll hear in the background, mm -hmm. you know, 
what's the capital of Kentucky? You know, as opposed yeah. to, you know, thinking that they're on their pad, iPad, when really they're just like playing games. Well, and the, and the other benefit too, which you, you bring up is audio verbal memory. And and using a different system of uh, memorizing and 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 uh, d- displaying your knowledge when you're on the wards, right? This is when you were when we were getting pimped on rotation. That required a different sort of reaction speed and recall that you didn't see in the books, right? And I actually that's one of the benefits I think of MedFlashGo or a skill or some some technology like this, you're not going to be as afraid when you're on gen surge and it's five in the morning and they're asking you to identify the artery or the attachment or this or that or what have you, because maybe you've been pimped enough at home in a safer environment where now you feel a little bit more comfortable to put yourself out there and, and answer those questions. Or even just because as some kids thrive more in a classroom setting and some kids thrive more yeah. in the remote learning, some people thrive more by visual learning and some auditory learning. Yep. It just, it, you know, you're, you'll, you'll, you'll find your, your niche. So where did you even learn to, so you weren't doing the coding, right? No. So then te- technologically, like what skills did you need to have? Did you need to learn to even start this process? Yeah. So that's a great question. And, and the reason I felt comfortable jumping into this is because this is something that has helped me is in high school, I thought I was going to go into uh, computer science and I, I'm a huge video game lover. I love playing video games. And so one of the, one of the things I was thinking about was uh, creating programs and, okay. and either developing websites. So I actually learned my junior year in high school, how to use Flash, which was a, a video game programming language and Java as well. And I also learned some language developing websites using uh, Dreamweaver and HTML and different stuff like that. I don't do that stuff anymore, but I know enough about programming to know what the heck you can program. Yeah. So one thing that helped was when I spoke to these different companies, and this, is, this, is, this was helpful for me in terms of negotiating, was I literally know enough about programming to know that when... Um, I'm asking for a cert- this program to do a certain function or be- to be able to do something. I-, I kind of know how that's that's programmed. So I can tell when it's an easy thing to do or not. So if I have a company calling out people's baloney, as you said earlier, I can call out software companies for overpricing something because I'm like, dude, that's like such an easy function. That's like literally a loop with a Boolean statement. Like I can, I can use the language of a programmer because I, I've done it. So that is a benefit of when Neil, my business partner, shout out to Neil, had talked about the idea. I was like, oh, that's not hard to program. We could do that. And I had a sense that that was possible. Yeah, great. Great. And, uh, you know, you talked about Jim Rohn. You're the average of the five people that are closest to you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a fourth year resident and you have a successful podcast a company fine i mean it might not have made you much money lately but but still yeah. these are these are incredible accomplishments and clearly you are elevating the the five people that are closest to you you are moving the needle further to the right and it's it's really impressive it's really impressive thank you i appreciate that and so where can people find you? Where can people find the Happy Doc? Where can people find MedFlash Go? Aside from yeah. asking Alexa, download MedFlash. I don't even know if that's a thing. Can you? Can yeah. You so I'm actually going to throw in a few few other uh, things I'm creating too. But uh, please so, plug away. 
Yeah. So, so besides MedFlash Go, because we're so excited about the podcast and that concept, we actually are putting out a dental uh, podcast now. So we actually found a dentist we're working with for the dental boards, and that's called the INBDE podcast. That's specifically for a specific exam. Okay. Uh, we have the Not MCAT. Dent Flash Go? No, no. Okay. Uh, there's an MCAT Flash Go that we're putting out, and there's a few other of these Flash Go products. So anyways, that will be announced, and that's going to be um, on my social media. So to find what we do, you can look up the Happy Doc. Uh, that's the name of the podcast. The handle is uh, Happy Doc Podcast. So if you search that, you'll find that. You can also go to the happydoc.com. And if you guys ever want to get in touch with me, literally, you can just email me. It's thehappydoc1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. And uh, if you look up Taylor Brana, you can find me on social media and you can send me a direct message. Um, I like to reply to people. Uh, there's so many things that you know I'm up to and I'm really trying to... One more? Of my goals, there's more? Well, what, basically what we talked about, but it's developing. But what I would like to say to everyone is basically that one of the messages I'd like to say from my end of things is what you can do in life is there's so much that you can do that it really is in some ways limitless with the right creativity and the right mindset. So... I want to encourage everyone, just as I'm doing right now, that there are methods and ways to uh, reach for some dreams in your life and don't be discouraged. Uh, and if you guys want to reach out to me again, uh, my name is Taylor Brana and you can just search me. This has been a great conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Dr. Bradley Block at the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. He can be found at physiciansguidetodoctoring.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for a previous guest or have an idea for a future episode, send a comment on the webpage. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time on The Physician's Guide to Doctoring.